I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. How bad is number two on it? Julio's in the end zone. The 21 NFL Draft. The Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What is up? My name is Jesse Head, and this is another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons-related. And it finally happened. We all knew it was ha- was going to happen, but everybody's still freaking out and hitting the panic button. Julio Jones traded to the Titans for a second-round pick in 2022 and a fourth-round pick in 2023. Um and a lot of people are saying we should have got a first round. We never had. We never had a chance. It was never there. It was never a possibility. Uh, we were we were never in a situation uh, with our leverage to even be able to try to request something like that. I know there were the rumors out there that we were trying to get it. I think honestly we had to fight for a second round. Now I think the only reason that we got a second round from the Tennessee Titans is because of the relationship that Arthur Smith has with them. Um, and out of good graces, they gave it, and they also gave us a, a, a fourth round, and we threw them a sixth round uh, for the trouble. Uh, we were lucky just to get that, um, and I think this trade is a huge win for us, considering the perfect storm that we had around this trade from the get go. Number one, we had no money at all; we couldn't even pay our draft class. Um, we saved fifteen million dollars in uh, this year with this trade. And we saved 19 million in 2023. We actually lose, I think, three million in 2022. But luckily, the cap increases by 20 million, uh, so we'll have some wiggle room and a, a little bit of room to work um, with trying to find some talent and talent and pay uh, our guys that we may have to pay and different things like that. Another number two, other point. He didn't want to be here, uh, and he let the whole world know it when Shannon Sharp called him. And he voiced how he really felt. Um, and then number three, he's an older guy. Guys, as much as we love him, as great as he is, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's possibly the greatest receiver talent that we've ever seen. He's old. He's 33. This is the back end for a an older you know a position that usually older guys are not successful in. This is not a this is not the quarterback position where you can play and you're not going to get hit and you're not going to get beat up. The dude's limping around for the past four or five years and even before that. And there's a huge question mark on his ability to stay healthy. There's a huge question mark on if he's going to be able to go out there and do the things that he does and the things that have made him great. That's why we couldn't get the picks for him. You can't compare these other guys. Stephon Diggs, yeah, they got they traded him for a first rounder. But that was a completely different situation. He's a young receiver. Yeah, Mohamed Sanu got traded. We traded him to the Patriots for a second-round pick. But Sanu does not have $15 million tied to his name this year and $19 million the next year and another $19 million the next year. So all those things that y'all are trying to compare it to, they do not amount to the, the perfect storm, all the different points that are surrounding this trade. All right? So... We got the best that we could get for him and maybe a little more, all right? But this episode is going to be 
um, a recording. Uh, I went on the, I got invited onto the uh, Sports Town podcast, the STP um, uh, uh, network, if you will, uh, to do a um, an interview, kind of a, a back and forth, if you will, um, about Julio Jones being traded to the Titans and some of the things uh, surrounding the Atlanta Falcons. And so we dug into that. It was a lot of fun. So I'm going to let you guys uh, listen to that for this episode. We talk a lot about the details of the trade and how things are going to look now that this trade has gone down and if it was a good trade. So take a listen to this. All right. I'm pleased to be joined by a reoccurring guest, Jesse Head of the uh, Heads Up Falcons podcast. How's it going, Jesse? It's going good, man. It's going good. All right, so let's start off with the big news on Sunday. Julio Jones was officially traded and to the Titans. Now, last time you came on, you said he, you really thought he'd go to the Titans. I thought he was going to probably the Patriots, but you were correct. Uh, what did you think of the trade? I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was exactly uh, what we all thought was going to happen in the beginning. I think we all kind of thought Tennessee Titans were the front runner uh, from the get-go with Derrick Henry and then being on the brink of a Super Bowl. Um, so I thought it was exactly what we thought it was going to be from the get-go. Everything in between that, that you heard about all these other teams and a first-round draft pick and all those uh, rumors that were possibly out there, clearly all that was just smoke and mirrors. And um, we got – you know, it happened how we all thought it would be. Um, and we cleared up the cap space that we needed uh, to get. Got a relatively high pick and a, and a mid-rounder for it. So overall, uh, I'm pretty happy with it. All right, so the Titans have another weapon. Um, they already have A.J. Brown. They have Derrick Henry. Now they add in Julio Jones. How well do you think they'll do next season? Because it, it looks like they're going to win the AFC South probably pretty easily. Yeah, they don't. there's not much competition there. Um, I think they have a solid team all around. I think the only question mark at this point is Ryan Tannehill. And I know that sounds crazy after having the two seasons that he's had in a row, but you just lost your your – your genius-minded offensive coordinator. A lot of people like to give credit to um, Derrick Henry um, being there for, for for Arthur Smith being able to run that offense, but Derrick Henry wasn't doing that before he got there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill wasn't the guy that he was before he got there. So I think they're going to be a good team. I think they'll win, and I think they'll I think they'll probably make a run in the playoffs. They should make a run uh, in the playoffs, but I do think a lot of that up in the air. It, or a lot of that is up in the air based off of, you know, what, what their offensive uh, coordinator, their next offensive coordinator is going to do. Um, a lot changes when you lose an offensive coordinator. Just ask Dan Quinn uh, how it was when Kyle Shanahan left after we uh, went to the Super Bowl. We were never the same team again. Um, so that is, you know, I think they'll do well next year. Uh, but the, the big question out there is – is their offense going to look the same under a different-minded uh, coach? So it, it all depends there, but I think they'll do well. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if he's that good of a quarterback, but I think if you give him weapons like what Tennessee has done, he's going to yeah. do solid. I think last year he relied a little too much on Derrick Henry, but, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, Derrick Henry's a beast. Derrick Henry is probably the best running back in football right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so – Let's go on to Atlanta's side of the trade. It seemed pretty lopsided. All they got was a second and a fourth round pick. Do you think they could have got more with another team or? No, I think, 
I think that they got as much as they can out of the situation that, you know, we were dealt with Julio. I mean, you got a perfect storm here. So with the leverage that you have in the position that we were in, you're talking about number one, everybody knows we don't have any money. We talked about that um, the last time I was on your show and um, you know, he didn't want to be here. So when he went on and, and talked to Shannon Sharp and now it's coming out that he did not know that he was on there. So I'm a little bit shocked about that. And then with him being an older receiver and people being unsure about how much time that he truly does have left, I think you combine all those things. And I think that we got exactly what we need. A lot of people like to compare, well, we traded Sanu to the Patriots for a second round pick. A lot of people like to forget that little thing happened there. But the, the only thing with that is, is that he didn't have a giant contract attached to his name. Um, Stephon Diggs went for a first rounder as well. He got traded for a first rounder, but he's a younger guy and, you know, ha- has a ton of potential ahead of him. You're, you're, you're trading a guy that we're just not so sure, you know, he's kind of beat up. We don't know how serious that hamstring thing is. And it's consistent. It's been a consistent thing for, if you, you know, if, if you're a diehard Falcons fan, you've seen him limping off the field for the past four years off and on. So, um, with, with his age and all the other factors, us having no money and him not wanting to be here and wanting to be traded, I just feel like all of our leverage was pulled out from under us to get a first-round draft pick. So, you know, is it is it what you wanted for the, for the superstar wide receiver that you have on your team, the obvious future Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. You want to get a first-rounder. But the reality is we were in a situation where we pretty much had to trade him and this is as much as we could get. So given that situation, we got as much as we could for him. So you almost have to say, you know, the Falcons got as everything they could for him. So you have to look at that as a win. As a Falcons fan, you know, outsiders are going to look in and, and say that it's not a win because you didn't get a first round for it. But if you when you combine all those factors, there's that's as much as we could get for him. I was a little shocked that they only got a second and fourth round pick. But as you mentioned earlier, and I read a lot of articles about it, how they just needed money and they were so desperate to trade him. And now Julio went out and said he wanted to be gone. So teams, I think, at the same time took advantage of that. So Yep, perfect um, storm. Yeah. Let's go to – let's stay with Atlanta side for a little Mm -hmm. bit here. I think you mentioned it last time you came on, but do you think Calvin Ridley can be the number one guy while that, uh, that Julio is gone? I think he can definitely be the number one guy. Now, is he going to be Julio? Is he going to re- is he is he going to replace Julio? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think anybody is ever going to replace a talent like that. Um, but but he can he can be Calvin Ridley, and Calvin Ridley is a number one receiver. Um, the stats prove. It. I mean, the guy had thirteen hundred yards last year um, in a season. You know, a lot of people all the attention was on Julio. He had thirteen hundred yards and nine touchdowns in a year that Julio Jones only played eight games. So the games that he didn't play, I think I saw the stats earlier. I did not write those down, but I believe he had like 660 yards um, and four touchdowns with Julio not on the, not playing in the game. So, I mean, in eight games, that's pretty good. You multiply that, you're looking at a 1300 yard season and eight touchdowns, you know? So, I mean, that's a, that's a wide receiver one, um, 
the statistics that you want to have there. And then with Kyle Pitts and, and, and this, uh, you know, 11 personnel that we're going to, this one, one personnel that we're going to be running with two tight ends on, on the field and the play action and everything. I think Calvin Ridley can certainly step up and, uh, and be the, and be a number one wide receiver in Atlanta. You know, a lot of people have, there's this illusion because we had Julio for so long. It's hard for any Falcons fan to imagine that we could move forward without him. You know what I mean? It's hard. Like we're not going to win without Julio is kind of the mindset that people have, but look at the past four years. Have we been winning with him? So, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are winning without a Julio Jones on their team. So uh, I'm not on the side of hitting the, uh, the panic button uh, because we lost Julio. I, trust me. I wanted to keep him if we could, I just never saw that as a possibility. Um, but I certainly think that, you know, we can be successful, and I definitely think Calvin Ridley is going to have a, a good, strong, and long career here in Atlanta. Who do you think will have a better season this year or this upcoming year, uh, A.J. Brown or Julio Jones? Gosh, man, this is a tough question. That's a tough question. Um, I, I, I struggled. I struggle with this one, I'm not going to lie. It, it's hard to say because you've got, you know, Ryan Tannehill and um, A.J. They, A.J. Brown have this chemistry already, and it's crazy to look at this. To, I was looking up his stats, but AJ Brown has had he has been in the league two years. His first year he had a thousand yards. Uh, his second year last year he had a thousand yards, and he had eleven touchdowns last year. That dude's going to be a superstar. I mean, those are for the first two years in the NFL. That that guy is going to be. He's about to step into absolute stardom, and now he's got you know one of the best receivers of all time on his team. I think that Julio should have the bigger year. Um, but I don't think it's going to be by much. I think they're going to be, you know, right beside each other, um, kind of like a, a Arizona back in the day when they had uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden on the same team. They were just always right there neck and neck with one another. Um, I think it's going to be a similar situ- situation like that. But I think they're going to try to feed and use Julio as much as possible with the question mark of him and how long he's going to be able to play. Um, so I, I think that, and I think he's going to, you know, I think he's got a good, great year left in him, possibly two great years left in him. So I think that, I think that he'll have the bigger year, but I don't think it, it'll be maybe by a hundred yards. And, and I don't think he'll have more touchdowns than AJ Brown. Yeah. I mean, this, as I, again, I keep on, I keep on, I'm so shocked right now. The Titans have so much weapons, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and they got, again, they got Derrick Henry. So it's scary. If they can put it together with, with, if, if the offensive coordinator that, that they have step up, I don't even know who it is, but um, if he can put all those pieces together, you're looking at a Super Bowl contender for sure. Um, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but if Ryan Tannehill, he's got so many weapons now, if he doesn't perform well this year, will it look bad on the former Texas A&M product? Um, yeah, it'll definitely look bad at him, but he doesn't, you know, with the offensive scheme that they're going for, I mean, he's not going to go out. I don't think he's going to go out there and have, you know, 38 touchdowns and under, you know, 10 picks. I think it'll be more on that 30 mark and, you know, you know, probably nine picks, something like that. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to both, you know, both these receivers are going to go out there and have 1500 yards or anything crazy like that because they're going to feed Derek Henry. Um, so I, I, I don't, you know, obviously he needs to take them deep into the playoffs. I don't think it's true, truly like a matter of stats or having to have an MVP season per se. I don't think he's going to go out there and have, you know, Patrick Mahomes numbers or anything like that. But I think the, ju- you know, the, the, the judgment for him is how far can you take these guys into the playoffs? And I think that will define his success um, as the quarterback there.
I think Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's a great quarterback, but with the weapons and the team he has around him, and there's still question marks in the Titans defense, but I think if he's, he's going to have to have a MVP type of season for him to look, you know, good because again, he's got so many options now. Yeah. Um, what do you think is more realistic? The Titans making or making the Super Bowl or making it in the playoffs as a wild card losing in the first round? Probably, I'd say, mate, I'd say winning the Super Bowl. I mean, at this point, I mean, you have to have that. I mean, I, I think you have to have that idea in your head with the weapons that they have and the overall team that they have and success that they've had. I think they're more likely to. Uh, win a Super Bowl than they are to to uh, lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like they have such a talented roster. Again, I keep on harping on this, but I mean, their team is so stacked, and I feel like they should easily win the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are going to be solid, but I think at the same time, I'm just not sure how well Carson Wentz is going to do this year. I think he's going to do good, but mm-hmm. now again, this like I just think the Titans should be able to easily win. I think they'll I think there's more of a chance of them making the Super Bowl as well. Um, let's go back to Atlanta side. Um, their team isn't terrible. The team looks pretty solid, to be honest. I mean, get Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, you know, still Matt Ryan is there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think if they, and you said earlier, or last time you came on, you thought they'd go 10 and seven. Mm-hmm. Do you think the offense will have to carry them this year? Or do you think the defense will step up this season? I think the offense needs to be your strong point, obviously. I don't think the defense is so much – or uh, well, I think the offense – to answer your question, yes. I think they'll have to carry the team uh, being the stronger point of the two, offense and defense. But I think that our defense is not as much of a scare uh, because of the caliber of, of teams that we're playing. Um, we have third easiest schedule um, out of the entire NFL. Um, we're playing – uh, so a lot of weak quarterbacks and Dean Pease does a lot of blitzing. And one of the things with young quarterbacks and uh, rookie quarterbacks and the weaker quarterbacks in the NFL is when you put pressure on them, they're not that good. Um, uh, we've got, we have four rookie quarterbacks are playing Jalen hurts. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is uh, one of the quarterbacks are playing to attack of Iola and Sam Darnold. I mean, that, you look at that, and you're you're sitting there just counting wins when you start hearing names like that of the quarterbacks, four rookie quarterbacks, and then those other four quarterbacks are the you know some of the weak quarterbacks that you're playing. So I think our schedule kind of gives some relief to our defense, um, but I certainly think that our offense is going to be the strong point of the team. Yeah, I mean that team. I mean the team still looks solid. Again, as I mentioned earlier, they mm-hmm. have guys like Kyle Pitts. They still have Calvin Ridley. Um, mm-hmm. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a solid season, even though a lot of people right now don't think that's going to be the. Um, they don't think Matt Ryan's going to have as good of a season. And I, when you came on last time as well, you mentioned that you know Matt Ryan is better than people want to give him credit for. And I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. still you know disappointed at him for you know not being able to close out the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty One. Um, do you think there's a chance that if the Falcons can't do well this year, they'll try to get rid of Matt Ryan and try to just rebuild with the new quarterback? Not with not this year. No. Um, I think that if we had a horrible year and you're picking in the top five again, then you're probably taking a quarterback, but Matt Ryan's still going to be there. Would we bench him? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but there's still some time left on that contract. So the reason that he's still here and they, you know, if, if this was if he was on the back end of his contract last year of his contract, um, then I would say absolutely. But the the numbers that we have uh, right now that are are on his contract, there's no way you're not you know you're moving on from him right now. 
And I mean, if you, you know, Arthur Smith made Ryan Tannehill look good. So if he can make him look good, I feel confident that he can do those, those type of things with Matt, with Matt Ryan. A lot of people, I mean, you know, his, his big weakness is, is not his decision-making. It's not his, you know, accuracy. It's anything like that. The big knock on him is his deep ball. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks right now that, that don't have a deep ball that are really, really good. Uh, one just won the Super Bowl. His name's Tom Brady, you know? So um, I think that, um, you know, given that, um, I think that, you know, I think we can be a successful team. I think Matt Ryan can be successful out there um, with this, um, with the offensive weapons that we have. Um, so, I mean, I feel confident moving forward with him. I don't think that we're going to move on from him anytime soon um, in the sense of, you know, two, three years or anything like that. I think that, again, unless we pick in the top five or something like that, we might draft a quarterback. But I don't, I don't think that's happening unless we're picking in the top five. So, um, How many more years do you think Julio Jones has left in the tank? I would say um, two good – I'd say two really good years. And then three solid years after that. Um, the I don't think he's going to go and lead the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns or anything like that, you know, ever again. It's possible. If he's going to do it, it's going to be next year with him, you know, giving every, you know, a ton of just risking his body and everything he has on the line. But one of the things that he has to do or all veteran receivers have to do when they get at this point in their career is conserve their body. Um, and make sure that they're taking care of themselves. And that means taking some games off when you're beat up. Um, he cannot continue to go out there and play injured, play with a pulled hands, hamstring, uh, p- play with turf toe and all the things that he's been doing you know, throughout his 10 years with the Atlanta Falcons. At some point, um, he has to start taking you know, some of the load off of himself. Um, and that, again, that's one of the reasons that you know we're not getting a first round for a guy like that because those are the questions that are up there. But I think he has – Two really good years left, especially with um, being in a run-first offense. I mean, we're, they're not going to be relying on Julio Jones to get down the field. They've got other options, plenty of other options out there. Um, so I think he's got two really good years left and then two to three solid years um, after that. I don't think – and you mentioned his durability. I don't think he's going to play all 17 games now that the league went from 16 to 17. But yeah. how many games do you think he'll play this upcoming season? I think he'll miss – I think he'll miss four games. Is I, th- I, th- I think he's healthy right now, um, and he says that he's healthy. I mean, everybody says that they're healthy, um, but you know they're 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 watching him work out before they're trading for him, right? They're, so they're 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 making sure that their guy, if they're going to give a second and fourth rounder for him, they're making sure that when they get him there, he's going to be able to he's gonna, he's going to be healthy when he walks in the door at minimum. Um, so I think it, mo- I think he'll, he'll miss, you know, four, four, eight, around four games and that's being with a winning team. They're not having to rely on him. Um, they're not going to be in a situation where they're going to have to, uh, you know, have to play, you know, all, you know, all their starters towards the back end of the season and they're getting every single rep out there. I think they're going to be a winning team. They're going to be able to give some guys some time off that are kind of beat up. Um, so I could see him, you know, missing possibly four games. Yeah, and I think, like I said, as we've seen for the last few years with Julio Jones, he hasn't been able to play all 16 games. And now with the league going from an extra game, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's very – Larry, not, it's, it's not possible, I think, for him to play all 17 games. I feel like with the league going to more games, we could see a lot more load management the way they've done in the NBA recently. Of That's a, a good point. Players, 
doing load management. Speaking of uh, load management, do you think there'll be more teams or do you think there'll be more teams resting players and not playing all 17 games, even if they're not hurt? I think so. Yeah. When you get to the back end, um, like if you've got like a team like the Chiefs that are going to go out there and could potentially go, you know, get towards the back end of the season to be 12 and one, 13 and one. And you've got a clear, you know, shot at the playoffs and there's no point And, you know, you got home field advantage and all those different things like that. There's no point in you playing all these players. I think that's a huge possibility. That's a really good point. Honestly, I'm happy that you said that because I haven't thought about that. Um, how that, how this extra game could really change things because um, hell, a 16 game season, people were freaking out about a 16 game seasons and their bodies getting beat up. So at this point uh, I could certainly see something like that, especially for the teams that have a clear lane to the playoffs. And I don't think this is very likely, at least for not for now, but do you think there'll be quarterbacks that will just do load management? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Patrick Mahomes certainly doing that. A guy like Aaron Rodgers, if he even gets out there. Tom Brady. I mean, those are guys that are, you know, all those big names like that that are have so, you know, Russell Wilson, guys that have so much money tied in. And, and hell, I think the coaches are probably going to push for that. You get to the back end of the season and, and you're, you've, are, you've already clinched your division and have home field advantage and you've got two games left. Are you truly wanting to play? Uh, you know, your superstar, you know, quarterback that's, you know, you've got hundreds of millions of dollars tied, you know, tied into. But most people aren't going to want to do that. So I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. A ton of quarterback uh, sitting towards the back end of the season for sure. Uh, you just mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and I think there's a lot of different you're either there's a lot of different takes on Aaron Rodgers at the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll go back to Green Bay, or do you think there's a good possible or a good chance that he'll just rest this whole season and not play at all? Oh man, I don't know. That's tough. Charles Barkley was on our uh, local radio station here for the Atlanta Falcons and was talking about him and said that he kind of seems like the kind of like a girlfriend that you got to keep reminding her that she's pretty. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of what it's like there that, you know, they, he just wants to hear so much that, look, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. And I get it though. I mean, the guy has not gotten the support that he deserves there. Um, I mean, you're, you're not going to go out there and give that guy, you know, try to draft that guy some weapons, some, you know, offensive, uh, some, some t- you know, tight end receiver, give him something, try, try to go out there and give him some weapons to work with. Um, but I think that I, I think that he'll play in the end. I, I, I'm not completely sure. Uh, I, I don't pay too, attention too much to those. But usually, you know, a guy that's been with the team that long, usually these stories end with with him eventually showing up there you know towards as we get closer to the season but not sure but but usually it ends with them being out there in the end i think there's a better chance of aaron rodgers just staying put because if he wants to go to a different team we all know the packers aren't going to trade him unless something drastic happens mm-hmm. i mean if you look at it i guess he the broncos and raiders would make the most sense but i feel like they would have to trade so much for rogers their team wouldn't be great and the broncos and raiders are both just average at the moment and i think it just it's not a good i mean i think the best team for him to win right now is the packers so i guess we'll see what ends up happening but right now there's so many fans split on the whole thing it's just it's crazy and he may just go run jeopardy man (laughs) have you seen those have you you heard all the offers that he potentially got per se to run jeopardy like a hundred million dollar contract or something like that I had, I had no idea that he got a $100 million offer. I know he really likes doing it, and I think yeah. before all this started happening, I think he said he wouldn't mind doing both, which I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did both. So, All righty, so do you think – let's go back to the Atlanta side of things. Do you think the Falcons will sign another quality veteran receiver before the season starts? I do not think that they will um, do that. Um, 
at this point because you've already gotten you know you you went and got rid of a um uh you know, a, a big time veteran wide receiver that you had a bunch of money tied into. And you know, one of the reasons we've been pigeonholed with defense and offensive line and being able to go out there and get other people is because we had so much money tied up into our skilled positions um, and our receivers. So I don't think you get rid of him and then go assign another guy, especially when you have a number one receiver like a Calvin Ridley. Um, I think at this point, if you have money to play with, you try to go defense, possibly, uh, you know, address some of the weaker points of your defense, like a cornerback or, you know, maybe another pass rusher or something like that. So maybe some safety depth or something, um, it, you know, you don't you don't you don't go in. That's, and that's another way just to really piss off the fan base is you go and cut somebody like that and then try to go bring in a, a veteran wide receiver that's, you know, not even close to or near as good as Julio, you know, ever was and, and is not going to fill that hole. So I think you kind of keep the offense where it is. Um, and we did, I think right when all that stuff was talk, uh, was being talked about uh, with Julio Jones uh, after you know, the Shannon Sharp situation, we went out and signed um, a former receiver that was at um, the Tennessee Titans when Arthur Smith was there. So we kind of filled that that slot, if you will, that was open or that was going to be open for uh, with Julio Jones being gone. So um, if there's money left over after you sign the draft class, or I think there may be a little bit, um, I think you try to put that into the defense or possibly the offensive line. All right, as we wrap up the interview, and again, thanks so much for coming on last second notice, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk, uh, we've know, we know about your podcast, but can you tell us more about your most recent episode and uh, what you have in store for the future? Yeah, absolutely, man. Obviously we've got, you know, things are ramping up uh, for football. You've got Julio Jones trades happening and training camp um, and um, a lot of other different new things with the Falcons, new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme, uh, and just a lot of, a lot of different things going on that we uh, are, that are new for Atlanta Falcons fans. So we'll be talking about all those things. I think the next episode I'm going to try to aim towards is talk a little bit about OTAs and training camp and and how uh, those things are coming up and how they're going. Um, And then definitely get into Arthur um, uh, Smith's uh, offensive scheme and how we're going to, how our players are going to be working into that. So try to dig into the details, kind of uh, learning like episodes, if you will, um, digging into the X's and O's of uh, the team and, and uh, how I think our our players are going to work into it. So you can, uh, find us on uh, any uh, podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, in any any uh, podcast platform that uh, you uh, want to listen on, and we'll be on there. All right. Thanks for so much for coming on, Jesse. Again, as he mentioned earlier, you can find his podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Um, you can also follow him on Instagram, at Atlanta Falcons Podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, thanks for coming on, Jesse. I love talking football, especially the NFL. Now that the season's starting to get ramped up a little, we're closer at least two months from preseason. So, mm-hmm. again, thanks for coming on, Jesse. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, brother. All right, that's a wrap on episode 17 of the Heads Up Podcast. Uh, He's gone. It's time to accept it. Uh, If you don't want to be a Falcons fan anymore because of this, and the only reason you were here was for uh, Julio Jones, go buy yourself a Julio Jones Tennessee Titans jersey. If you can't afford one, take your Falcons jersey, dye it the light blue or the dark blue or whatever Tennessee Titans blue jersey that you want to dye it, and uh, dye it that color. Uh, because this regiment is headed in a new direction. The old regiment 
left this team in a shitty situation and we're having to make some changes. Every new regimen comes in and does things different. What we've been doing for the past 10 years obviously hasn't been working, so change is good. Uh, the, the new skilled superstars uh, that we're going to have, Calvin Ridley, uh, Kyle Pitts, these are our guys moving forward. Uh, so it's time to get behind the new regimen, get behind what they're going to do, uh, because uh, it's going to be exciting, it's new, and uh, we have to get, uh, get on board with what these guys are doing. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Shout out to my producer, Jason. I appreciate all the hard work uh, you put in and the time you put in uh, to making the podcast sound great. Everybody out there, you can find me at Atlanta Falcons Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Heads Up and Atlanta Falcons Podcast. Thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you so much for listening. You guys take it easy. Love you.